0: My name is Elle Wadsworth and welcome to another episode of Addiction Audio with podcast from the journal Addiction. I'm joined here today with Brandon Cheng, a PhD student at the National Centre for Youth Substance Use Research at the University of Queensland, to talk about Brandon and his co-author's paper titled A Systematic Review, a Meta-Analysis of the Relationship Between Youth Drinking, Self-Posting of Alcohol Use and Other Social Media Engagement 2012 to 2021. Welcome to the podcast, Brandon.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: So your systematic review provides a synthesis of the 30 studies exploring the relationship between exposure to alcohol related media and self-posting on social media sites, networking sites, sorry, such as Instagram and TikTok, as well as outcomes of alcohol consumption, including current consumption, problem drinking, as well as drinking frequency. So your article also it conducts a meta-analysis on applicable studies as well as a summary of theoretical frameworks used in these studies. So Brandon, could you start us off by telling us what the take home messages from this paper were that you found?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for that concise summary of my publication. And so really, we were exploring the social influences and how they play as a key player in the promotion of drinking within these youth and young adult populations. Most importantly, our current paper really shows that both being exposed to alcohol-related content on these platforms, as well as personally posting alcohol-related content on these platforms to your peers and friends and other acquaintances on them, can really predispose youth and young adult populations to various drinking outcomes, as you mentioned, including consumption, drinking frequency, and problem drinking.
0: And why do you think that this is an important topic to conduct a systematic review on, either generally or at this moment in time?
1: So we have long recognised that media has a profound and powerful influence over youth and young adults. Movies, TV shows, exposure to advertisements can really guide a young person's behaviours and attitudes towards alcohol use through different avenues such as vicarious learning and that internal development of expectations for what alcohol use is like. For example, a young person watching a TV show with seeing individuals enjoying beers and spirits at a party can really promote the learning of how drinking behaviors at parties can make it more fun and potentially that drinking alcohol is extremely delicious. And so continued exposure to this type of positive representation of alcohol on the media can encourage them to initiate drinking and predispose them towards future alcohol misuse as well. The main reason why we're conducting this research here at the National Center for Substance Use Research, especially on social networking sites, is because we believe it's so important to really understand and recognize the shift towards the online era of media and marketing compared to the last few years. Just looking back a few years, we can see a dramatic shift on how people consume media, shifting away from traditional platforms like TVs and really going onto the online media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. With this change, it's really important for us to acknowledge that social media and traditional media um, are engaged with in very different ways. Modern social networking sites really promote the sense of connection between people, which in turn can really increase the salience of its media exposure's impact through social and peer influences. This ultimately means that social networking sites are more likely to promote and potentially a more powerful form of um, vicarious learning and the development of of um, drinking expectancies within youth and young adults.
0: And do you, think beyond this that there's so you mentioned that there's that difference now between the traditional media and social media with that sense of connectedness do you think that there may be different relationships within the social networking site category of media so this would be is do you think that there would be difference between let's say Instagram and TikTok or TikTok and YouTube do you think that there's even differences within this new category
1: Yeah, so we definitely believe that there can be differential relationships and impacts of different forms of exposure on alcohol consumption. And so the way we like to think about it is really just how different forms and modes of media can influence the individual. So, for example, a young person watching a short video of people enjoying drinks are likely to develop a much more vivid imagery of what drinking can be like, which can in turn promote more vicarious learning compared to if you were just to see an image or a text relating to someone having a good time drinking. And so linking this to different types of platforms, each platform has its own unique style of media exposure. So, for example, TikTok is almost entirely comprised of short videos where you scroll down and down of just rapid fires of these short videos, while Instagram and Facebook are more of a mix of these texts, images and videos. As such, we... Logically assume that TikTok videos can potentially be more salient in the development of these youth drinking compared to a viewer to just be exposed to Facebook posts in the form of text.
0: Thank you. And what studies were you looking to include in your review? So what were your, say, inclusion criteria within this systematic review?
1: Yeah, so as you concisely summarised before, we're really looking at studies which explored the relationships between exposure to and also self-posting of alcohol-related content on social networking sites explicitly, and how they influenced young people's drinking behaviours. To operationalize this, we split up these outcome criteria into three, alcohol consumption, problem drinking, and drinking frequency. Some other inclusion criteria we had were to ensure that they were cross-sectional or prospective cohort studies, which were included, and that they included samples of young people aged 24 years or younger.
0: Thank you. And so you mentioned that you were including um, young people 24 years and younger. Why was 24 the cutoff here?
1: Um, we followed the United Nations definition of young adults here, which they um, stated as being between the ages of 15 to 24 years. And so since we wanted to include youth as well, we included anyone 24 or under.
0: So on that, why are youth and young adults are important age group for this study? Why would why was the focus on young adults? And would you expect something similar with uh, adults in general? So youth
1: and young adults are of particular importance for us to look into as they're at the age where they're at a very sensitive time of brain development, of rapid brain development. During this period of their um, development and maturity, we know that psychosocial factors have huge influences on their behaviours through vicarious learning and the development of expectations. Combined with the fact that social networking sites have profoundly powerful influences on its users through the inclusion of peer influences and peer pressures, as we mentioned before, we believe it's really important to understand the influences of exposure to and self-posting of alcohol-related
0: content um, to drinking in these populations. So you... um examined the theoretical frameworks that were applied in the studies and you reported uh, that social norms theory was the most prevalent in your papers. Could you briefly explain what social norms theory is and how this applies to alcohol exposure and self-posting on social media sites?
1: Absolutely. So social norms theory is a relatively early theory looking at understanding how environmental and interpersonal factors such as peer influence can really influence and change an individual's behavior. Within this theory, it posits that an individual's behavior is influenced heavily on what that individual perceives as being the social norms. And if they don't match up with it, they would then change their behaviors accordingly to fit this. And so, linking this to how it relates to our research, um, we believe that the impacts of social networking sites on alcohol use are quite similar. So, as mentioned before, social networking sites are incredibly influential on individuals by creating the sense of what is the norm. Exposure to lots of positive portrayals to alcohol use can really create this dysfunctional norm of what alcohol use is and develop positive expectations for what alcohol use can contribute to an individual's life. This then encourages the users to engage in alcohol use in similar ways to which they were exposed to within media so that they can fit this norm, promoting alcohol initiation, consumption, and potentially
0: problem drinking as well. So in you, you conducted the systematic review as well as a meta-analysis, and you found that there was a significant positive relationship between exposure to alcohol-related content on these social networking sites and current average consumption. Um, is that from previous research, is that that same positive relationship that was found in more traditional forms of media, so uh, TV and radio? Again, asking beyond um, your systematic review, but just wondering how this fits in the wider wider context and how we're, yeah, of our, all different types of media.
1: Yeah, so it matches up really well, actually. So from the research we've done previously in the development of our topics, we found that exposure to traditional forms of media, including, as mentioned, TV, movies, were quite powerful in promoting or having this positive association, sorry, with drinking behaviors. And so our research really paralleled this by showing that social networking sites were also showing positive associations with drinking behaviors within these populations.
0: Great, hey, thank you. And I, in your paper, you did mention that not all the papers were included in your meta-analysis. Could you briefly explain why that was, why not all um, 30 papers were in the meta-analysis and what implications that might have had on your results?
1: Yeah, so as part of running our meta-analyses, we were really careful ensuring that all the studies we're including as part of this meta-analyzing process were actually comparable. And so this means that beyond just matching the study designs, exposure and outcome variables and pairing, we also needed to ensure that they reported the same risk estimates, they provided the same appropriate values so we could assess them together, whether or not they were adjusted or unadjusted. And when all of these things were put into consideration, unfortunately, not all of our included studies, which actually looked at the same exposure and outcomes, matched up perfectly. And as such, we were unable to include them in all of our meta-analyses. With that being said, all remaining included studies, which we did find in our systematic review, were then qualitatively and narratively summarized instead. In terms of the implication of our results, this does mean that our meta-analyses doesn't really capture every piece of literature which we found out there. However, in saying that, our narrative review still remained very consistent with our meta-analysis results. So almost all studies were in agreement that exposure to alcohol-related content on social media was positively associated with alcohol consumption, and most agreed that exposure and self-posting of alcohol-related content was positively associated in problem drinking and so forth.
0: Okay, so what did you learn that came out of the review that surprised you when you're in this field looking at it? or what you found interesting? Personally, I think the most interesting or
1: potentially concerning finding um, to me was how impactful both exposure to alcohol-related content and the self-posting of alcohol-related contents on social media platforms were on problem drinking. And so the majority of the studies looking at exposure to um, alcohol-related content on these platforms and all of the studies looking at self-posting of alcohol-related content on these platforms found a positive association with problem drinking. And so this really comes to show that social networking sites are not just promoting alcohol consumption as a baseline, but problem drinking within youth and young adults, which really rings some alarm bells in my head for the need for application and for change in how young people potentially engage with social media.
0: Absolutely, and that, that wonderfully brings me to my next question because in, you conclude in your review by discussing policy implications of your findings could you share what these were and again why, why these are important
1: yeah so what we do know is that there is an extremely powerful influence of media exposure on harmful youth substance use and so in most high income countries regulatory frameworks are in place to restrict traditional media platforms for advertising and access to legal and illegal substances However, this is not really the case with social media. So social media or social networking sites are self-regulated for the most part, which has been demonstrated to be highly ineffective. Other research at our center, at the National Center for Use Substance Use Research, found that more than 50%, up to 63%, Of substance related videos on social media positively portrayed alcohol and drug use. And many of these videos were sponsored by multinational alcohol and tobacco companies via these influencers paid to promote their products, often without funding disclosures. And so this content is publicly available and usually without age restrictions. The challenge is that most social networking site platforms operate outside of standard geographically placed regulatory processes. Short of locally prohibiting use of social networking site platforms at a jurisdictional level, it has been challenging for governments and policymakers to influence more ethical behaviors from these social networking sites. So research like the ones we're discussing today and we're doing and continuing to do at our center will really help contribute to good science and increasing the advocacy and pressure for positive change within these areas
0: it also what struck me is that i think in your um paper you mentioned the amount of money that alcohol companies spent on advertising and it just strikes me that we're doing it for them for free if we are sharing and posting of ourselves and there's that strong association that we are like contributing or we're we're helping out these uh, multinational alcohol industry by you know advertising ourselves Anyway, <laughs> so what do you think the lessons for your from your paper are for governments, advertising, regulators or young people or even the parents of these youth?
1: My research team and I believe that the most important thing for governments and regulators and also anyone out there reading this to recognise is just how salient and impactful social networking sites are. Social influences have long been researched and understood to have profound impacts on a young person's behaviors and evidence is starting to show that social networking sites are just as powerful, if not more powerful than standard normal peer influence. The evidence presented here consistently showed positive associations between exposure to and self-posting of alcohol-related content on these sites and drinking behaviours, including problem drinking, which, as mentioned before, should really be ringing some alarm bells for the regulators to tighten restrictions on how alcohol-related content is being presented and consumed by young consumers on social networking sites.
0: Okay, great. Thank you, Brandon. That's uh, all my questions. Thank you so much for being a guest on Addiction Audio and great work on your paper.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you to all the listeners and it was wonderful being here.